Thank you for listening to this Belly Up Sports Podcast Network product. Some said we go belly up, so we made it our name. And we're still here. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. You're listening to Theater in College Hoops. I'm Subi. Solo today. No Taylor. No Shark. The Shark actually dished me for a golf outing with one of our buddies. I can't I can't really blame him. I suppose it's beautiful out. It's a Sunday in the summertime. Cannot blame him. I did text Taylor. He said he was going to try and rush back to make it. Wasn't able to. I uh, have yet to check my phone to see what his excuse is, but I'll give him a pass. I'll give him both a pass. I'm feeling very charitable, very, feeling very generous. Like I said, it is the middle of the summer. Weather's perfect, so not much for me to be upset about. But I am solo again today. And as always, we are brought to you by the Barnburner Podcast Network. Go subscribe on whichever device it is that you use. Your college hooper of the week. This week, it's Ronnie Brewer, former Razorback, an NBA player. He was really solid for the Jazz and the Bulls. I'm pretty sure he was on those teams that went up against the LeBron Heat. Uh, When Ronnie was in Chicago, I'm sure he's got some great stories. And of course, that is an Easter egg coming up. We talk a little bit about Ronnie Brewer with our interview with graduate assistant coach for the Arkansas Razorbacks, Ruben Williams. Stay tuned for that here in just a few moments. But Ronnie Brewer, your college hooper of the week. He did also have an unorthodox shooting motion, I believe, as a result of a childhood water slide injury I was reading. This just... First of all, I mean, I guess he parlayed it into a really good NBA career, and now he's on the coaching staff. Ronnie is at Arkansas, but I avoid water slides, water parks at all costs, man. It's dirty. It's wet. It's gross. People probably just pissing everywhere in the pool. I'm I'm out. I'm out on all things water slides, water parks, and of course, I'm assuming Ronnie suffered a serious injury, uh, overcame that but did have uh, an unorthodox shooting motion as, as a result of it. So that's my PSA. Avoid all the, the, the gross water parks. I, I don't know if you can do that with your kids uh, because I'm sure they would love to go. Just go to Disney or something. Find your hell there, I suppose. We're brought to you by Royal Digital Marketing, a.k.a. RDM. RDM specializes in website development and digital marketing for small businesses and startups. So if you need a website, make sure to contact them at Colin at royaldigital.co, that's C-O-L-I-N, at royaldigital.co. And make sure to check out our website at theaterincollegehoops.com and make sure to follow us on Twitter at CBB Theater. You should also follow me at Sub232 to find out where the feet is and make sure to follow Taylor at Taylor Dammel and the shark at the underscore shark underscore BB. Let's open the curtains. Step 
Eight to shoot. Paul, the runner! Loose ball! It's good! With 4.4 to go! Shannon! Don't want to foul! Shannon! From the corner! And it's over! Gonzaga! The flipper still fits! <laughs> Big episode today. As I had referenced in the intro, we got Reuben Williams, graduate assistant coach for the Arkansas Razorbacks. I say it's big because Reuben has a terrific story, an awesome journey from player in Long Beach to collegiate player to now, of course, being on one of the biggest teams in college basketball. Uh, one of the teams in college basketball that has the highest expectations. I would say the highest expectation coming in if you want to go strictly numerical. They will probably be the number one team in the country entering this upcoming season. That, of course, is Arkansas. We are going to get into uh, his relationship, of course, with Eric Musselman, one of the most fascinating people in all of sports, in my estimation, but certainly in college basketball. And, of course, we talk about their stud recruits highlighted by Nick Smith Jr. We get into, of course, uh, what to, they can expect, what kind of brand of basketball Arkansas plays, but it was a really, really fun interview. So there's no point in delaying it any longer. Let's get to our interview now with grad assistant coach for the University of Arkansas, Reuben Williams. Woo, Pig Suey! Yes, sir. That's right. We welcome to the program for the first time a graduate assistant from what very well could be the number one team in the country entering next year we got reuben williams from the university of arkansas reuben welcome my friend hey how was that pig suey how'd i do hey you did phenomenal man i've heard it a couple times and you will fit right in how how often have you been been saying that since you've been down in fayetteville <sighs> I've all, I, we had kids camp so i said it a couple times during our kids camp but during practice and everything we already get a chance to to really get into it like that so uh hearing you say it kind of gave me the the, it, it showed me the ropes, basically. Well, I've you know obviously watching SEC football games, watching Arkansas, and then Bud Walton Arena. I mean, this is your first year; you haven't experienced just yet a Bud Walton Arena at full tilt, right? Man, I hear the stories, man, about just how crazy twenty thousand people in one space can be at. Man, it's a lot different from Cal State Fullerton. I believe sure. it. Hey, <laughs> I hope I didn't blow your eardrums out there in a second. <laughs> I hope I, I, so I do appreciate that, but why don't we dive in here and what we always like to do, Ruben, when we get people onto our program that were referred to us by previous guests that were kind enough to say, Hey, you should get, you should get this guy on the pod because he's going to have a lot of stories. What we like to do is just play the audio and I want to get your reaction from your man, Ryan Anderson here Let's in a second. It. And then also my guy, Ruben Williams, he's been coaching um, from Long Beach Poly, a lot of our guys over the years. Just recently got the gig over at Arkansas, and he—they obviously have a really good team this year. A lot of new guys, but they—they they got a lot of a lot of talent over there for the Razorbacks. So, and he's—he's he's been around the game for a long time. So, and I think they're both going to be, um, you know, really, really move up the ranks quick here in this college basketball game. So, what do you think? That—that's so special to hear from Ryan. Uh, just because I grew up watching him play. And, and before I kind of met him as a person, I was a fan. You know what I mean? Like a true fan just because uh, from my city, from Long Beach, we have Long Beach State. But Long Beach Poly is, is the big – Long Beach Poly basketball, I would say, is the biggest 
show, you know what I mean, in the city and just kind of going to see him play at pack gyms and see him dominate and then see him have the success that he's had as a player, but also a coach. Man, that's just, that's so cool to hear. Yeah. He had some very, very great words for you. And he was telling us a little bit about the, the presence or how great it is to be a part of that long beach poly program. I think he's told us a story about Snoop coming into the gym. Yeah. You know, were you able to see any, any celebs coming through? For sure. We, uh, so I met Snoop and, Ironically enough, um, my head coach, the coach that I played for, Sheldon Diggs, and the coach that I worked for, Sheldon Diggs, um, he's Snoop's road manager. So Snoop was kind of around, not often, but but we've seen him a few times. That's awesome. Yeah, that's awesome. So I did ask Ryan this as well, and it, it sort of was inspired by people that I know from Long Beach. They really hate it when you say, oh, he's from L.A. Oh, for right. Sure. Does that does that stick in your craw? Do you make sure, sure you you correct people? Because I can't imagine people from Fayetteville are like, well, L- Long Beach and, and Los Angeles. There's a difference. So, do does anyone tell you like, oh yeah, Ruben's from LA, and you you're quick to correct them? I'm quick to correct them just because you know we take people from Long Beach take a lot of pride being from Long Beach. Um, LA has a lot of tradition, but we have a lot of tradition ourselves, and sometimes people can kind of look over that and, and not recognize that. So whenever people do make the mistake of saying I'm from LA. I'm quick to, to remind them that I'm from Long Beach. So I have a lot of pride about that. That's right. That's right. And, and majority of the people that I've talked to share that same pride. For so sure. let's take it back now to your high school days. You played uh, obviously after, after high school, excuse me, you played at Willamette university. Was yeah. that always the goal to play college ball or, or take yes. us through that process in high school? Man. So, uh, so growing up, man, I had aspirations to, First off, being the NBA, um, but then you quick as you kind of grow up and your basketball career kind of evolves, you understand the reality of your situation. Uh, I was a really hard worker, really loved the game, studied the game a lot. Um, and then in high school, had an opportunity to play for Coach Diggs. We won a CIF championship my sophomore year. Um, I had an opportunity to back up and learn from KJ Fagan, who was an extremely talented point guard. Um, and then he went on to play at Santa Clara, had a really good career at San Diego State. Um, but then after Poly, I was able to play um, a year of Division Three basketball at Willamette University, which was a really, really cool experience um, just to, to have a goal. And obviously kind of like that goal changes, but to, to meet that goal in some capacity of being a college basketball player, um, have a lot of gratitude for, for Coach Kip and, and Coach Jonathan Willis for giving me that opportunity to play at Willamette. I always say, and thank you. I, I must have mispronounced that. Uh, how hey, do you pronounce you're it? You're not alone. You're not Willamette. I, Willamette. Before I got there, I was calling it Williamette, but it, you know that the the spelling doesn't even make sense for me to be calling it like that. But when I got there, they they quickly corrected me. It's called Willamette. It's kind of crazy. I always tell people because I played high school basketball, but nothing past that. And I feel like basketball is the one sport. Maybe hockey as well. And I mean, obviously you could mention other sports as well, but basketball, there's there's truly are levels to the skill and the For physicality sure. and the speed. And so you go from high school, even to a D3 school like you went to, what was sort of the difference there that you noticed? Man, that's such a good question. So my high school is not a normal high school. Um, I want to say in my three years from being on the varsity team at Poly, I probably played with 10 plus college players out of those 10, maybe eight of them win division one. Um, so, so I kind of got, I got the, 
the high level experience at high school. And then I went to Willamette, which is still like, you know, people think that division three basketball is, is terrible. That division three, like the, they're really good players. You know what I mean? And I had to quickly learn that because going into it, my perspective was, okay, I went from Long Beach Poly, uh, which is a highly touted school. I'm about to go to Willamette University, which is the D3 and, and destroy them. But, you know, you quickly realize like these are guys who take pride in their game. They really love the, the game of basketball. And most of them just kind of value the academics more than they value the athletic aspect of it. You know what I mean? So they went the Division three route. Um, so that was a really cool experience. Um, but Division three basketball is, is really good basketball, high Q, high level players. Um, they really, really love the game. And now you're at the D1 level, not just in the D at the D1 level, but arguably coaching in the best conference in America man. in the SEC, man. And so we'll get to that in a little bit. It's funny. I was watching a little bit of the Drew League yesterday, right? Yeah. And it sort of goes to this, this thought of, look, if you're out here with, with Twitter fingers saying, oh, this guy sucks, Jason Tatum was terrible in the finals, you know, LeBron was terrible – Go look at the discrepancy between a DeMar DeRozan sure. and LeBron James versus high-level players that they were playing against, and it's kind of crazy just seeing that dichotomy. Man, shout-out to, to a couple of my guys who played against LeBron. Um, Ethan and Mikey, uh, they're, they're, I don't know if they're not from Long Beach, but they're from Southern California, um, and that, I feel like for them to, to have the success that they had against LeBron, um, shout-out to them, man. But for sure, to your point, there's a huge – there's levels to this. Like you kind of said earlier, uh, there's levels to this basketball game that we're in, uh, and you just kind of – you take it for what it is and you kind of find your niche and figure out who you are in that, in that journey. That's what – those are those are stories I'd be telling to my grandkids, man. The oh fact God, that I man. was D enough LeBron. I was reading a tweet yesterday. Somebody said, whoever scores LeBron is going to show that highlight until the day they die. Hey, and I, I would too. <laughs> I would too, man. I don't blame them. No, neither do I. So you also worked with Peyton Watson, right? What a story for Peyton Watson. So he, he, for, for all intents and purposes, he bet on himself after this past year at UCLA, ended up being a first rounder. Can you tell us a little bit about your relationship with Peyton? And after seeing him get drafted, what did that make you feel? It, so it made me feel amazing um, because that was the first player in my young coaching career that I got to see from a high school freshman to obviously, you know, achieving the goal that everybody has when they pick up a basketball, which is playing in the NBA. Um, so ironically enough, Peyton came in as a young freshman. He was skinny. He was maybe about 6'2", six 6'3", six and he couldn't take three steps without falling, literally. Like he, like his legs were so long. <laughs> like his, 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 his limbs were so long. He was so uncoordinated but you knew the skill was there. Um, and, and he had a tremendous work ethic. Got to give kudos to his pops, Julio, um, who just kept him in the gym. So his freshman year, we had a player named Daryl Polk, who was a senior on our Long Beach Poly team. Um, and Daryl would work out like he had a he had a a crazy commitment to getting better his senior year. Um, so Daryl would come in after practice every day and work out. And the guy that followed him was the young freshman, Peyton Watson. So I got to be in the gym with Peyton this whole freshman year and just got to see his game progress. But then what, what separated Peyton was after he would work out with me, he would go with his dad. And he would be in the gym with his dad hours on end at the Jewish Community Center in Long Beach really getting it in. Um, and that kind of showed me, like, it's no secret to the success. Uh, 
the the main component I would say in a lot of player success is just their insane work ethic and, and their insane commitment to getting better every single day. Yeah, and it, it certainly was evident with Watson. I think a lot of his draft stocks also predicated on the fact that he's so young. You also yeah. talk about your pride with Long Beach. Uh, I mean, was was there so much? Was, was there an added layer when a Long Beach kid like Peyton got drafted? Is that usually for sure, the man? Because it's, it's you know Jordan Bell. Jordan Bell was the guy previously before Peyton to get drafted in the NBA, and that was a crazy experience to me because I got to see Jordan as like I was a fan. I never coached him, never did anything with him. I was a fan watching him play uh, when I was growing up and see him make that leap from high school to college and have have crazy success at Oregon and then make that leap from college to the NBA and then win a championship. Um, it, Key player on say, that title. Bro, like, I'm not going to say it put Long Beach on the map, but it kind of is solidified that there are players in Long Beach. Um, and that I, and I would say, and this is just me guessing, I would say that Jordan Bell making that happen had to inspire Peyton. And now, you know, Peyton making this jump and, 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 and making his dream a reality, it has to inspire players that comes behind him. Um, and then it gives the city a tremendous amount of pride because this is like our, like, this is our kid. Like he grew up in Long Beach, played all of his sports in Long Beach. He wasn't a Long Beach kid that went to a, a private school um, to go have success elsewhere. He went to the public school, the best public school in Long Beach, and then had a success. And so it just brings a lot of pride uh, for the city, but also a lot of pride for, the alums at Long Beach Poly. Obviously, this is audio. I wish our, our listeners could could see. You're clearly beaming with pride, and I think that's oh a really my gosh, neat thing. Man. I think that's a really neat thing. So let's shift the focus to you now, though, Ruben. So you're a West Coast guy through and through, basically on all the research that I've done on you, right? You're Long Beach. You went to school in Oregon. Yep. Um, Cal State Fullerton, you've represented as well. Has there been a culture shock for you going all the way to Fayetteville? Um, yes and no. Um, my, ex my expectations of Fayetteville didn't meet the reality. Fayetteville is, is a college town. So it's, it's not like you're in the middle of nowhere in the country. Like you're in a, you're in some sort of a city and, and it's a vibrant city, uh, where people are nice. You know, it, it's people are liberal out here. You know what I mean? Like it's, a, it's a really neat experience. But it's definitely different than Long Beach. You know, it's a different weather, um, not as much to do uh, just because, you know, we're kind of further away from, from more, most places compared to being in the city. Uh, so it's definitely a different experience, but I wouldn't say it's a complete culture shock on my end. Yeah, it's it's always interesting because in talking with Ryan, right, he yeah. comes from Long Beach and he goes all the way to Chestnut Hill, Massachusetts. Completely different him, weather. Man. Yeah, I mean, See, Ryan is different though. Ryan is a, is a is a world traveler. You know what I mean? He was a pro and played it at, at, at different spots and got to got to experience what it's like living so far away from home. For me, this is kind of like my first experience, man. And, and I I miss my family. I, I miss everything about, you know, being in Long Beach, but I understand that I'm here for a better purpose and I'm so grateful to be here too. Yeah, absolutely. So take us through your journey, Ruben, of transitioning from player. Cause you had mentioned, right? Like you wanted to be in the NBA, but at sure. some point something clicked in your head saying, look, maybe I can't pursue basketball on the floor as a career. Yeah. How did you take us in depth, detailed into your thought process of saying, 
I'm going to put the ball down and I'm going to head to the bench. So my senior year of high school, I actually uh, hurt my ankle, which kind of sidelined me for a majority of the year. And in that, in that experience, like when you're not playing, you start to think the game as a coach. You know, you, you see the game from a different perspective. I was lucky enough as a senior to coach, start coaching AAU right before I went to college. Um, and as an 18-year-old senior, I was coaching 17s for the entire entire spring and summer. So the dudes are one year, one year younger than me, but we had success. They, they were receptive to what I was teaching. Um, players had success. Shout out to LA Elite and Russell Payne for giving me that opportunity. Um, but that just kind of opened my eyes to be like, man, I can, I can really be good at this. Because as a point guard, you have the responsibility of being the coach on the floor in the way that you communicate to your teammates, in the way that you lead your teammates in practice. So it wasn't nothing new to me um, but then just the experience of coaching AU and coaching 17 just gave me so much confidence that I can do this at a high level. Then I went to Oregon uh, to Willamette. And while I was a player at Willamette, I, I went to a USA basketball coaching clinic. Um, one of my assistants at, at Willamette kind of drove me down there. It was in, it was in I want to say it was in Portland. And Portland is like an hour away from Salem. I didn't have a car out there. So one of our assistants had to hook me up. He drove me down there, and it was learning from the speakers at that clinic, and and me being so dialed in to that. Like it showed me that, like, like although I couldn't make it as a professional as a player, I can definitely make it as a professional as a coach if I just continue to learn um, and take that mindset every single every single day and everywhere that I go. Um, so fast forward that once I left Willamette, I played there for one year. Once I left Willamette, I got the opportunity to coach high school basketball at Long Beach Poly uh, for Sheldon Diggs. And like Sheldon Diggs is is such a really good coach because his best skill set is, is the way that he empowers his staff. So I got to I got to learn from doing and and while like you know as a as a young coach, there's so much you don't know. So I'm making I'm making mistakes, but I'm able to learn from my mistakes on the fly. Uh, so I spent a total of, of three, three and a half years with Coach Shell. And every single year I was with him, I just grew as a coach. I just grew as a coach. Um, also coaching AAU on the side. Um, and then I got the opportunity to be a, a manager at Cal State Fullerton from Danny Sprinkle. And when I got to Cal State Fullerton, uh, Danny Sprinkle and, and Deidre Taylor, when I got to Cal State Fullerton, um, the the way that I connected with the guys, and we're still close of age, you know what I mean? Like, but the way that I connected with the guys and the way that they allowed me to coach them in our skill development sessions, it just gave it continued to give me confidence. And 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 from that experience, I learned that the number one thing that all players respect is hard work and sweat equity. You know what I mean? And 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 the fact that 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 I was learning every day and then giving them the tools and, and the things that I was learning, they loved it. Um, so I just kept trying to pursue this thing at a higher level. Uh, but then I got blessed with the opportunity to, to be a GA at Arkansas, which is, is, it was the dream, man. Like first it was the dream to play here, not just to play at Arkansas, but to play at, at, at one of these kind of high major universities um, first played division one basketball. That was a dream. But to like 
this was a dream come true, man. So I, I'm just blessed for all the people that, that were able to invest their time in me. Uh, I was blessed for everybody that answered the phone, that answered the email. Because uh, in this process, man, I was I'm a big learner and, and I'm a I'm I was big on asking asking questions to the people that are in the position that I want to be in. Um, so as I was kind of progressing in my coaching career, I'll, I'm emailing dudes every day, like just trying to figure out how to get in the business, how to have success in the business, um, how to navigate in the business. And, and people were just so open and, and, and so willing to help. Um, and that was that was just so big for my development as a coach. And, and now I'm here and I plan on to, to keep doing the same exact thing, to never, never change who I am, never be the, never shy away from being the guy that asks the questions, always be the, the one in the room that's trying to learn as much as I can from the people that I'm surrounded by and just continue to grow. I want to unpack that response a little bit because it was yep. terrific, Ruben, really. Thank you for sharing that. Uh, rewind a little bit back to that coaching camp that you had referenced in Oregon. Who were some of the notable speakers or the coaches that you got to absorb from? Was there anyone that we'd recognize maybe? The best the, the, the best and most impactful one for me was Kevin Eastman, who was a, an assistant uh, with the Clippers. He was with Doc Rivers. That, that was, that was the, the most impactful one um, for me, just because all the knowledge that, that he was sharing – and it's how open he was in sharing what he was sharing. You know what I mean? And, and I felt like I took that and, and just ran with it. Do you find challenges in coaching up or maybe requiring or demanding the respect of players that are just a couple years younger than you, one year younger than you, like you had mentioned, even at Arkansas, these kids aren't much younger than you. Do you find any challenges in demanding that respect as the coaching role? That's such a good question. Um, I want to say I want to say no, but the reason why I want to say no is because before a player can can before a player can respect you, he has to know that you care, and 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 he has to know that that you care deeper than like deeper than the X's and O's, deeper than whatever you're trying to coach him up. Like like you got to love him first, and then once you love him, the respect follows the. Uh, they're so attentive to everything that you're saying. Uh, but then after the love, you have to show that that you're credible. You know what I mean? And, and what you're doing can actually can work and what you're doing can actually translate. Um, so the players that I work with, I, I make sure that, that they understand how much I care for them. Um, but then I, I make sure that, you know, they understand, like, the information I'm giving you is not information by me alone. It's information I've learned from really talented people in this business that, that have success is information that I've studied from players that you guys are trying to be like. Uh, so like, so I just, I, I just make sure that, that they understand both components. You know what I mean? That one, it's not just me Two, that I, I deeply care about you as a person. And I want to help you get to whatever goal that you want to reach. I think you're following the perfect blueprint. You're still very young and we've had, uh, assistant coach for Xavier, David Miller on the program. He's colleagues with Ryan Anderson. Right. Yeah. And David he said, the ex yeah, he is. He said the exact same thing. He said, look, man, before we even get to the X's and O's, I'll talk to Jack Nungy about his brother. Right. I'll, I'll see how the family's doing. And it's, it's asking those different questions. So when you mentioned, 
you know, making sure that they trust you and that they, they love you and they can come to you like that. That was the first thing that popped into my mind. It sort of took me back to the interview that I had with David. So I definitely think you're following the proper blueprint. That's what's up, man. David's a real one, man. He spent a lot of time in LA recruiting our guys at Poly um, and just recruiting Southern California in general. He is a real one. So I'm glad that I kind of had a similar answer to him because I hope I can have some of the success that he's having, man. <laughs> uh, I think you both are on the the great tra- uh, great trajectory. So you had also mentioned about firing off all these emails, getting in contact with as many people as you can to get into the position that you're at now. You're obviously coaching for Eric Musselman, who mm-hmm. is one of the most fascinating figures in all of sports, in my imagination, right? Certainly in, in college basketball. What was that process like? Did you email him? Did you call him? And then once you got in contact with Muss, what was that interview process like? Man, surprisingly, um, so my story getting here shows the value of relationships. And it shows the value of doing your best at whatever spot that you're at. So when I was at Cal State Fullerton, my second year that I was there, our staff was so good that we had two assistants get head coaching jobs, uh, John Smith and Danny Sprinkle. John Smith is now the head coach at Cal Poly Slow, um, and then Danny Sprinkle is the head coach at Montana State. So we brought in two new assistants, um, and luckily we were, we were lucky enough to bring in Gus Arginal, who was with Muss at Nevada, and Brandon Dunson, who was with Muss at Nevada. And my time at Fullerton, I was able to build a great relationship with Gus. Uh, he was a D2 coach at Cal State East Bay. Uh, and I, I just worked extremely hard. I, I spent a lot of time in his office asking him questions. Um, he got to see the stuff that I was doing with the players that we had currently on the floor. Uh, so he got to see I was kind of talented in that area. Uh, then I ran into him. I ran into him at the Final Four this year, ran into him and his wife. Uh, and we were just talking. We nothing to do with Arkansas basketball, nothing to do with if there's a GA spot open, nothing to do if I can get on or anything. Um, but I did share with him that that was kind of like my next steps. That was the reason why I was in, in, uh, I forgot where the final four was. That was the reason, yeah. That's the reason I was in New Orleans for the final four is to figure, you know, to try and find a job. Um, but we didn't talk about that whatsoever. So I come back home from the final four devastated, absolutely devastated because I had nothing. <laughs> Every kind of lead that I thought I was going to get, uh, it, nothing panned out for me. So a week later, I'm chilling at, at the house with my girl. I get a call from Gus, uh, and he just asked me if I want to come on as a GA at Arkansas. Uh, you know, I have to, like, make sure you're serious. I'm like, yo, you're serious? Like, you sure you're calling the right dude? You know what I mean? <laughs> like, um, and, you know, and that's how I went. And he probably gave me – he probably made that call maybe four weeks later. I graduated from Cal State Fullerton, got my diploma as soon as the graduation was over, made the 24-hour trip drive from Fullerton, California, all the way to Fayetteville, Cal- uh, Fayetteville Arkansas. was the best for, – for right now, was the best experience of my life. Did you – so I've done a lot of cross-country drives. Did you just do it in one shot? Did you split it up? What was your itinerary? This was my my first uh, ever cross-country drive. I was nervous to, you know, to say the least, Um, but we were able to split it up uh, 12 hours. So we stopped in New Mexico, uh, stayed the night there, got up in the morning, then made the 12-hour drive down to uh, Fayetteville, Arkansas the next day. I wasn't by myself. I was with my girl, thank God. 
who was who surprised me because she was actually driving a few of the, few of those hours, man. I didn't know she could do it, but she was actually driving a few of those hours, helped me out a little bit, and, and just made the trip seamless. Made it seamless for me. Yeah, and it's always nice knowing what's at the end of that drive, right? You got a golden sure. opportunity that you're so fired up about. For I think sure. that's awesome. But so I, I mean, look at me. I'm over here, and that's why we have you on, right? To give us the actual insight. I'm over here playing like fantasy land, being like, all right, the interview process. He sits down across from Muscleman, and Muscleman's like, I need you to show me how good you can take your shirt off and whip it around your head like I can. Because that's, that's what I figure Musk does, man. So, I mean, that's what I'm curious about. And that's what everyone's curious about is we see the Eric Musselman in front of the cameras. We see him when he beats a big-time opponent. We see him when he slays the dragon of Gonzaga and goes to the Elite Eight and he's going ballistic. Is that what he's like behind the camera too? Every single day. And I think that's one of his best skills. Is I was talking to one of our GAs today just his perspective to, to always focus on the end goal and just hold everybody accountable to making sure that, that we deposit the, the energy that we're supposed to every single day to make that, that dream that we all have reality. It's one of his many, many talents. He, he never turns it off. It's like we can have a 7 a.m. practice and, you know, some coaches might be a little lackadaisical and in, in that kind of aspect. I mean, he's on a thousand at 630 in the morning. Like on a thousand, ready to go. Focus on us reaching the final four. Focus on, on on how to make how to motivate our guys to bring the same intensity that's required for us to reach the final four. One of his best, one of his best skill sets, in my opinion. Yeah, he he does seem like an energizer bunny. He's got, already got oh three cups gosh. of coffee, oh like you had gosh. mentioned at six thirty. So I had what's to. What's crazy? Ask, I've, yeah. ne- I've never seen him with a cup of coffee. I've never seen him with a cup of it's coffee. It's just all natural. Energy drink, all natural, bro. You would you would never suspect that like all natural, always on a thousand, never turns it off. His caffeine's winning. Oh my god, man! But that that's what makes the greats the greats, man. Just 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 keeping that perspective um, and bringing that intensity and energy every single day. So you mentioned the end goal is the final four, right? I'm For glad sure. you brought that up. Eric Musselman has been to two elite eights, I think, consecutively now. Yeah, you're close to him. Do you think that there's pressure around him specifically, not necessarily with the program just yet, but do you think there's pressure that he's feeling where he's like, I got to break through to the final four or is that kind so. of a myth? I think so. Uh, and, and, I, and I think it's, it's welcome pressure. Um, and, and I think it's something that he uses as a, as a motivator to bring it every day. You know, like every, every, I feel like a lot of people like they, you know, you have your, you have your personal goals and, and your personal goals is what motivates you to lock in every day, to, to do the things that you don't want to do. Um, and I definitely think that, that reaching the final four and not, not for him, but for the 15 guys that we have on this roster, like, and for the four returners that have been to the lead eight twice, just helping them get that experience. You already got the experience of the lead eight, how about helping these guys get the experience of a Final Four that they'll tell their kids and, you know, our staff will tell tell our kids or whatever, our family, for the rest of our lives. And then do you think with the players, there's sort of that reciprocation of, man, coach has been so close the last couple of years. We don't want him, and this is probably unfair by the media being labeled as, you know, a guy who can't make it to the Final Four. Is there something on – the players that are sort of saying we got to push him over the edge and do everything we can to do that also. 
Yes, uh, yes, and 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 yes, I would say yes and no. Um, yes, the players want want it for the coach, but we're creating a culture where the players want it for the guy right next to him. You know what I mean? Like, um, because at the end of the day, all these players have asked have aspirations to be a pro, um, and getting to the Final Four, it only helps your resume. You know what I mean? Like, I, I, you, it only like now. Now nobody can say that you're not a winner. Nobody can say you didn't do what it took. Nobody, nobody can say you didn't sacrifice. Like nobody can say that at the next level. Um, so, so I think that yes, we're doing it for coach, but we're building a culture that we're trying to do it for the guy right next to us. For sure. So, in being in such a program with amazing, rich history like Arkansas does. Have you been able to see any former greats come through? Look, I know Ronnie Brewer's on staff, so you probably see him every single day, but have you been able to give, go ahead? Yeah, please go ahead. I, I, I got to give Ronnie his credit, man. Like Ronnie is, is an Arkansas great, like, like, an, like an Arkansas great has his pictures all over the wall, but is the most humble guy you will ever meet in your life like yeah we can as GAs and assistants like we can say all we want to say when Ronnie says something you got to take it for gold I mean because you know he's done it he's done it at a high level he's done it in the same position that these players are in he, he walked the same hallways yeah they got renovated but you know like he had the same exact experience um, so as far as Arkansas greats, I'm I'm just blessed to be around Ronnie every single day, get a chance to learn from him every single day, how he did things when he was a player, try and take those and and and, and incorporate that into the players that we're working with. But um, as far as Arkansas greats, they don't get any better than, than Ronnie. And we've had other other really good players um come back and, and speak to the guys um and just kind of interact with them, but my highlight is, is coming to work every day, saying what's up to Ronnie, you know what I mean, kicking it with him and, and just getting those, hearing those experiences of how he had success here, um, how his team had success here, and so on and so forth. We talk about guarding LeBron in the Drew League. Ronnie did it in the Eastern Conference Finals, I think. I mean, I think he was part of those Man. Bulls teams that went up against the LeBron Heat teams, right? I'm sure he has some war stories. Those are amazing stories, man. And, and and Ronnie Ronnie doesn't mind telling, and he's gonna tell it. And like you, whenever Ronnie's telling a story, you gotta have somebody else right by him, because Ronnie's gonna tell it in the most modest way possible. So you gotta have somebody that that that'll, that'll hype the story up a little bit and give you the truth. You know what I mean? <laughs> he doesn't give himself enough credit. Not at all, man. <laughs> the, the the most humble, the most humble person you'll ever you'll ever meet in your life. Who are some of the other uh, Razorbacks that have come back and, like you had mentioned, spoken to the team? The couple guys that come to be- come to mind, especially most recently, Bobby Portis has carved out an incredibly great NBA career. He's an NBA champion, uh, obviously from a, a, f- a little bit older, right before even Ryan Brewer's time. Corliss Williamson, any of those guys come back? Not yet. Uh, uh, Ronnie, not Ronnie. Um, Bobby. Um, Bobby will be here shortly. Um, he's hosting something uh, on campus in the next few weeks, uh, but I've only been here for about seven weeks, and, and we've had Dusty come back. Um, Dusty came back when, when we had a kids camp, um, and we were giving the we were giving the kids kind of a tour of the facilities. And Dusty was in there shooting, and he got to hear the kids kind of cheer him on, and that was such a, a really cool experience. 
Uh, but Dusty's been here. Uh, we've had Jalen Williams, who just got drafted. He came back after he got drafted to talk to the guys. That was a really cool experience. Um, but I know we'll have more as, as the, the year progresses. I've only been for seven weeks. So in my seven weeks, it's been limited. But I, I always, whenever I can, I want to shout out Ronnie, um, you know, just for having, just for, for being the Arkansas legend that we see every single day. Absolutely. I want to bring up Jalen Williams because I was curious to know a guy that a lot of these players have played along with, right? He's now realized his dream. He's doing his thing for the Thunder. He's, he played pretty well in summer league, and you had mentioned that he came back. Do you, do you see some of the, the players on the current roster right now? Are they sort of drawing inspiration from Jalen saying, hey, I played alongside this guy. He took his game to the next level, and now we see him. And, and it's just it's such a quick turnaround to the NBA. Do you find that there's some sort of synergies there with how your guys are looking at Jalen Williams? 1,000%. And one thing that must won't allow us to do is to forget what – Jalen Williams did at Arkansas and, 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 and for, and forget how he made his dream become a reality. Most, one of the most vocal guys on the floor. And this is what I'm, I'm learning. You know what I mean? Just from our practices, our pre-practice film sessions, uh, one of the most vocal guys that played for Arkansas led the team in charges, you know, was top in the country in that aspect. Um, and is just a hard worker must told a story about it in his in his pre-draft workouts, what stood out for, for Jalen was the fact that he was the loudest guy in every workout that he was in. So so we want to have those things translate for our guys. The, the guys who aren't as comfortable talking and being vocal, I mean, man, if you just get out your comfort zone and start talking a little bit, we've seen the success, you know, that at a guy that you know has had. You know, you might as well walk those same lines. Absolutely. So let's talk a little bit about this current team going into the season. Okay. And so I'm curious to know what can we expect from this Razorbacks team? Like, let me get all corporate on you here for a second, sure. Ruben, because I'm in the, I'm in the rat race, man. It sucks. I, I want to do this for a living, but I'm in the nine to five rat race and everyone always wants to know, like, what's your brand? What's your mission statement? If you could pinpoint that for this upcoming Arkansas Razorbacks basketball team, what is it? We're going to defend like crazy. We're going to defend, you know, Muss is, as a coach, he's one of the best defensive minds in the game of basketball. Um, the stats prove it from year in and year out. We're going to defend like crazy. We're going to run and, and, and play fast and transition. Um, and we're going to, we're going to, we're going to take pride in every single possession, offensively and defensively. I love it. I mean, I, the people are curious to know what exactly they can expect from this team. And I know expectations are indeed sky high. Are you aware of those expectations? Like, is the team, does the team know that they could very well be ranked number one coming into the country? Is that talked team, about in the locker room? The team knows for sure. Um, and must, like I said, must won't let us forget it. Um, he, he won't let us take a, a day off. He won't let us take a second off. And that's not just the players. <laughs> that's that's every single person on staff. Um, he does a great job holding everybody accountable um, to understanding. Like, that's the that's the end goal for us. You, you know, he's gotten to, to back-to-back Elite Eights. We, we have an extremely talented recruiting class. 
so the goal for us is to get to that final four. So then how do you approach that? How do you embrace that? Right? Like, you know, it's talked about, you know, it, is it sort of like, ah, let's just take care of business one day at a time. Or is it kind of like, look, we know, we know how damn good we are. We're going to enter every single game. Like we're the best team on the court. Is there an approach or a mindset that you guys have? Because it's different from different uh, from, from Arkansas teams of the past. I can't remember the last time an Arkansas team had this lofty of expectations. Is there a different approach? I guess. Don't waste any second. So, 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 so much gratitude for the fact that you get to play basketball uh, and you get to play basketball at Arkansas. Um, and, and every single day that you put that jersey on, don't waste any second. Because the time that you waste, there, there are other teams that are taking full advantage of that gap. Um, so we just come in every single day, do the work that we're supposed to do every single day. We'll let the chips fall where they may at the end and, and hoping that every, every, everything that we've done has prepared us to have success and get to the final four. Rewinding back to our discussion about Long Beach and Peyton Watson and Jordan Bell, mm-hmm. and you had highlighted some of these different players to come out of Long Beach, and you wanted to say, hey, there's a good crop of talent here. What I always find fascinating, Ruben, is looking around the country, and you sort of see, wow, this particular state that you maybe you wouldn't think of has produced a lot of top-end talent in basketball. Some names that come to mind, maybe like the Pacific Northwest in Portland, even Seattle, right? But Arkansas, the state of Arkansas is another one, man. You guys guys like Malik Monk, I think Bobby Portis is from there. Uh, Archie, I'm, I'm forgetting his, his last name right now. He played at Kentucky. I think it's Archie Goodwin. A lot of good talent comes from Arkansas. And you had actually referenced your recruiting class and it's highlighted by this dude, Nick Smith. Can you give us a little insight into this cat? Oh my gosh. Nick Smith is special. And oh my gosh, like every single day, man, it's just that like he just he does something to just validate the fact that he was the number one player in the country. Because a lot of times that comes with a lot of pressure. And that comes with with pressure of having success in everything that you do every you know me I you know him being the number one player in the country there's no there's not a drill he's supposed to lose in my opinion you know there's there's not a time where he's supposed to miss a, you know just little things that you try and hold a, a, the number one player in the country try and hold him to that standard man he exceeds that every single day and just the approach that he has and, and just how how hard of a worker he is and he just validates my point earlier how it was no secret to success. It's no it like, yeah, he was blessed with God given size and all that, but everything that he has, he works extremely hard for. Um, so just getting it, getting the chance to just watch him have the success that he's having uh, is a blessing every single day. Man, we are so excited to to watch him. I remember watching some of his tape in high school, and then when he committed to Arkansas, I was like, this is going to be a frightening basketball team, Uh, mainly because of him. Obviously, you guys got a lot of other great talent surrounding him as well, but I think the people want to know what exactly – what type of player is Nick Smith on the court, right? You mentioned his his hard work, and Mm. you mentioned mentioned sort of his, his athleticism as well if you really break it down into basketball terms, right. Position wise, what are his strengths? Maybe what are some areas of opportunity for him? Can you sort of handicap that for us, Ruben? 
Yeah, he's he's a dynamic he's a dynamic scorer. Um, but he's a willing passer as well. Maybe the second practice I was I was here, um, we're doing some ball screen stuff. Nick comes go uh comes off the right slot, driving to the left, and makes a left hand hook pass to the guy who's lifted from the corner on time, on target. Nick is right handed. And 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 just pl- like making plays like that. Um, but then he he's a great shot creator, um, has has great quick twitch stuff to him. Uh, reads the defense well, has a great handle, and can really, really shoot it. But he's a willing defender, too. Like, he's not one of those guys that just wants to shoot all the shots and take plays off on defense. He takes so much pride in making sure that his man is not scoring on him. What's it been like getting to know him? You, and honestly, other players as well. You've been there for only seven weeks, like you had mentioned. Yeah. you got to make quick work in developing these relationships, which you said were so integral in gaining players' trust. What's it been like for you, Ruben, developing these relationships in such a condensed time frame? Man, so uh, to talk about Nick, man, and just the other freshmen that we have, like, like these guys are just these they're kids, man. Like they like to do all the all the stuff that all the other normal kids do, but they're just really talented at basketball. You know what I mean? So. It's just it's just been great to just talk to him after practice, laugh, cut, uh, crack jokes with them, um, and not just Nate. We got a we got A B Anthony Black from Texas, Jordan Walsh, Darian Ford uh, from Arkansas, who was the Arkansas Player of the Year, um, Barry Dunning, who was the Alabama Player of the Year, and Joseph Pingan. Six great, like really, really talented freshmen. I mean, they're just kids, man. Like really, but really good kids at that who really, really love their families, um, take great pride in where they come from as well, um, and just want to have success, not only individual success, but want to have team success too. And, and it's really cool to see younger guys have have that kind of perspective and that kind of approach um, every single day. You mentioned all those freshmen, and what we've seen in college basketball the past few years, past decade or so, is, look, there's different formulas for success. We've seen young teams get to the pinnacle. We've seen teams with seasoned vets, juniors, seniors get to the pinnacle. In your particular case, it seems as if the heavy lifting is going to be done by the freshmen. Is there any approach to 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 Muscleman and your guys' strategy for uh, you know giving these kids the rein? Is there any hesit- hesitancy about that? What's sort of the mindset for you guys placing all or not all, but majority of this responsibility? On these kids, I think the and and must will be better at answering this question. But from my perspective, you know, I would say holding them accountable to 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 a certain standard. Yes, they're freshmen, but since the goal is for us to reach a final four, and they're going to have a huge impact in doing so, we can't allow to coach them as their freshmen. You know what I mean? Like, like we kind of have to coach them like they're the fifth year senior and hold them accountable to those kind of expectations for us to reach the, the goals that we want to reach. That makes sense. That, that definitely makes sense. Hey, quick question. Again, I, I know I've harped on this. You've only been there for seven weeks. Have you been a part of any sort of recruiting process? Have you been able to, have you been exposed to that part? The reason I ask, Ruben is because a few episodes ago, me and my co-host were talking about how cutthroat 
recruiting is in the SEC, man. Mm-hmm. It is crazy. And the the topic got brought up because you guys got some newcomers as it pertains to head coaches. I think you got McMahon at LSU. You got Chris Jans at Mississippi State. I think Todd Golden's down there at Florida. And so we're saying, look, man, you got you, those three got to get on the ball because SEC recruiting is cutthroat. Have you been exposed to that side of the, the coaching? Um, I have not in, in, in what you're speaking of. Uh, the only recruiting that I've kind of been involved is making sure that our coaches know which games to go to, <laughs> uh, making sure that we're, we're reaching out to, to the right recruits. I help with the mail outs. Um, but as far as really, really getting in, in, involved in the recruiting aspect of it, I haven't really uh, seen how cutthroat, I, I would guess we would say, how the SEC recruiting could be. So what is your role then? If you can take take us behind the curtains of a day in the life of Reuben Williams, what's your day-to-day look like? Uh, so I'm responsible for three of our three of our players uh, that we have on the roster and, and their development as far as on the floor um, and off the floor. I do video breakdowns for our, our players post-practice and for our coaches, um, like if, you know, whatever goals that we're trying to meet. Um, I help is with the recruiting, making sure that, you know, when our coaches are going on, on trips, that they're watching the right guys, kind of give them a list of, of which games to go to. Um, I help with our mail outs and just kind of being the liaison as far as connecting with the players in that regards. Um, and just kind of being here, you know what I mean? Like, like making sure that that I am the, the relationship guy. If there's a message that it wants to be, sent to the players and and maybe I'll do a better job of relaying that message. I try and make sure that I'm just here. You know what I mean? I'm making sure that I'm available and accessible for anything that the coaches need me to do. Um, and just trying to serve the players to my best ability. I mean, in conveying those messages, this is another thing that I heard from a, a few of the assistant coaches that we've interviewed, right? A message coming from an elderly guy i mean must is actually still pretty young in the grand scheme of things but if he's trying to get a message across to a college kid maybe filtering it through you someone who just graduated college will probably land i don't know a little better or what have you right is that sort of the the thought process there as well yeah one thousand percent um i I think that's all relatability um is is the most important aspect and just using my youthfulness to my advantage absolutely whatever the message is trying to translate the message that the players can reciprocate and then go execute uh, whatever the coach wanted them to do. Yeah. So I'll, I'll get you out of here on the last couple of questions here, Ruben, um, the NIL and the transfer portal, right? That's obviously been a huge topic of discussion in college basketball. Mm-hmm. Is that something your staff is prepared for has been preparing for uh, in the last few years, because there's a ton of different options now for players. And I am all for player autonomy, in my opinion, right? Some kids may not even go to college. They can go to the G league. They can go to overseas, but again, with in college, there's the transfer portal. Now there's an NIL component. What are some of the things that your staff has done to adapt with the times? Um, I couldn't tell you, I, I don't, I don't want to make a comment on the NIL stuff just because I'm still learning in, in my position. Um, I was a high school coach the past two years. So now kind of getting back in, into the, the college aspect and the high major aspect, I, I don't want to speak on things that I'm not too knowledgeable of, but, um, if I would, the comment that I would make is that our, our staff, um, is really, really good 
and, and really, really on top of that aspect of it. Let's look forward now to this season. Obviously, you're pumped to play in front of all of your home fans at Bud Walton. Mm-hmm. And taking a look at your schedule, it can be out of conference. It can be in the SEC. What's the one building you're juiced up to go into? What's the one building you're excited to play at? I'm excited to play at Rupp, man. I'm excited to play at Rupp Arena. Um, Have you ever been? I've never been. I've never been anywhere, any any, any school that we're playing at um, in SEC, I've never been to. Um, So every – I mean, I'm excited to play at all these these gyms, but – I was here specifically Rupp just because I kind of grew up watching those, watching those games and, and seeing those those teams compete. I'll be excited to finally compete against them. Man, it's it's a cathedral of basketball. When you guys do go to Rupp, I'm sure that's going to be a top five, top ten match. Hey, man, but I know that they're excited. Their staff would say they're excited to come to Bud Walton. Those games are always experience. crazy. Oh, my God, man. To get that experience of 20,000-plus packed, um, and all the and everybody, every fan in there is just having a good time supporting the Razorbacks. I know this is a place that, that they don't want to come to. You know what I mean? It's a terrifying place just watching it from from the comfort of my couch. I'll tell you, football <laughs> goes crazy, man. I I remember, sure. I remember actually a Kentucky Arkansas game a while back. I think it was Boogie Cousins' only year at Kentucky, or maybe it was the year after Josh Harrelson or something got a technical. And, and I mean, it was just a chaotic, chaotic game. This might have been before Muscleman's time, but those yeah. games are always a blast. So I'm looking forward to you guys going to Rupp. And I'll get you out of here on this, Ruben. Always appreciate the time. But just like I did with Ryan Anderson, I got to get ask you to bring someone up on stage. That's our segment. Bring them up on stage. Who is someone that you think we would enjoy having on or even enjoy coming on? The one person I'm going to suggest is my guy, Amari Prince. Um, he was with me when we were at, at Cal State Fullerton. Um, he stayed on as a video coordinator, and then he left uh, to be an assistant coach at Prolific Prep. One of the smartest basketball minds that I've ever met. And, and like I said, I, I've spoken to a lot of people. I'm kind of good at this networking thing. Um, but clearly, Amari, Prince, clearly. <laughs> Amari Prince, hands down, um, one of the best basketball minds. I can't wait for, I can't wait for him to hire me one day uh, so I can work for him and, and just speak high of him. Amari Prince. And with your help, I may I may be shirt tugging you there, Ruben. So I may have to get you in contact or get get me I'll in contact send that with to you ASAP, man. That, it, it'll be a great experience for him. Um, you know, I, I just wanted to show him some love because he, he's one of those guys that's always in the background, one of the hardest workers. Um, but it'd be it'd be good for him to finally get some love and for him to finally kind of share his story because it inspires so many people. I'd love to hear it, Ruben Williams. Thank you so much for the time. Best of luck this upcoming season. Get settled in there down in Fayetteville and keep up the great work. We're excited to see what the Razorbacks do. Appreciate you, man. Thank you very much for having me. Um, And shout out to Ryan for for suggesting me. I'm still a fan, Ryan. Um, Keep killing, bro. Appreciate it, Ruben. Have a good one. Okay, we want to thank Ruben again for taking the time, jumping onto the podcast and sharing his story. I thought it was very insightful. And... I'm excited, man. I am excited for these Razorbacks. This is probably the loftiest expectation these guys have had it pretty much since I've started watching college basketball. I don't know, maybe with the Bobby Portis teams, Bobby Portis won SEC player of the year. 
maybe one or two Mike Anderson teams. I don't know. Even last year's Arkansas team was really good. A couple of years ago, they made the Elite Eight two straight years. But this seems like the year for the boys down in Fayetteville where everyone is saying these are – I don't know if they're the prohibitive favorites, but they are certainly a favorite. And I don't know if Arkansas, in my college basketball viewing experience or lifetime, I suppose, which has been what now? We'll say 27 years, I suppose. Nah. Also, I'll say 23 years, okay? In my 23 years of watching college hoops, I can't remember Arkansas being this stacked and having these lofty of expectations. So I'm super excited to watch the Razorbacks. The SEC is going to be a gauntlet. It's going to be quite a bit of fun. I do wish the Shark was here to maybe shit talk a little bit with his balls. I'm sure whenever Tennessee and Arkansas get together next year, that's going to be a blast. We highlighted the Kentucky-Arkansas matchup, which it seems as if every single year those two are a blast to watch. So, Ruben, thank you again for jumping onto the podcast and sharing your story. Best of luck moving forward, and we'll be looking out for you. I'm going to end it here now uh, with one hug, and that is for loyal listener, great, great friend of the program, Brendan Brady O'Rourke. He is the keeper of the Jerome, the man who tallies all of our Jerome scores. One of our favorite times of year is filling out the Jerome. Of course, that is picking the winner of the conference tournaments before selection Sunday. Brendan O'Rourke, a.k.a. Boar, he got married just last weekend. I was in attendance. It was a lovely, lovely wedding in Boston, right on the water. The man was serving at, uh, at, at the open bar. The man was serving Black Label. So I was just pummeling those. I was just pummeling those like J.J. Reddick threes, man. I came off the corner. Bartender hit me right in the shooting, shooter's pocket. And, of course, the Black Label down the hatch. So, Bohr, I want to say congratulations to you and, of course, your beautiful, amazing wife, Allie. Um, congrats, man. I'm very thrilled for you. All the boys are getting married this summer. It's been a terrific, terrific summer, and it certainly kept us occupied. But we're going to go ahead and get on out of here on that note. Thank you again to Ruben Williams for jumping on. That was a lot of fun, and we will catch you next time here on Theater and College Hoops.